I'm gonna make a bit of butter sandwich. I'm gonna make a bit of butter sandwich. It's gonna have some jelly. I'm gonna make a bit of butter sandwich. I'm gonna make a bit of butter. <clears throat> Welcome to Comic Con's. <laughs> Let's try that again. What do you think, Hank? Eh? Fuck you! Alright. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Stop right there. Listen. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? Who? Jack Burton. Me. Wakanda forever! Kawabunga. Friend of mine? I am Catwoman. Hear me roar. Welcome to Comic-Con. A geek podcast for the rest of Welcome to Comic-Con's podcast, a geek podcast for the rest of us. Who are the rest of us? Well, the people that don't take this shit that seriously. My name is Nick Stevens, and I am your host, but in a way, aren't we all feeling nostalgic? Maybe, maybe you remember watching Saturday morning cartoons, you know, with a bowl of cereal. Like, like you're sitting on a couch, there's some shag carpeting. Thundercats is on TV, you know? Maybe you remember traversing up the Himalayan mountains on a donkey with Ramesh, you know, holding the reins. True story. Maybe you remember playing in an arcade on a beach at Boardwalk that smelled of uh, vinegar, fries, and, 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 and beer, you know? Uh, maybe you remember that classic HBO intro before a movie, after watching taped movies that your aunt would send to your family. That's right, because you were living overseas. Grew up on a houseboat in Spain. You remember the story. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You remember that HBO intro? Do you not remember the HBO intro? You're waiting for the movie to start. You're sitting on the couch with your family, and all of a sudden... Oh, the wind's blowing. It's a crowded, congested street. What's that sound? The camera's panning through the street. Oh, there we go over some buildings. Past a movie theater in the neighborhood. Some trees and a, there's a hill in the distance with a, with a light. And the music, it's getting louder. What, what's over there? Yonder, beyond the ridge. Oh, shit. That double da 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 da. Dum da ba dum dum da da. That. That's what I call an intro. God damn. Look, if you don't remember, kids, you're googs, but I swear to God, I'm feeling nostalgic. And every now and then I'll just think about shit like that. I'll be driving along, minding my own business, you know, watching out for jeepers, creepers, where'd you get them peepers? And then all of a sudden, 
it dawns on me like, and I just got the HBO theme in my head, you know? It's either that or it goes back to You're goddamn right he did. Look, we've been there before. We don't have to go back down that road. I'm just saying, you're feeling nostalgic. You find yourself trapped in the past, facing mere images that are not your own. It happens to the best of us and the rest of us. Look, maybe you remember buying most of your clothes at a thrift store because that's just what you had to do, okay? Maybe it's not actually what you had to do, but you just wanted to do it, privileged. And uh, it was just a cool thing to do, you know? Like, uh, like I didn't like the, the clothes in department stores, you know? I never really liked them. I liked buying old man polyester pants, you know? To line up with some kind of uh, old vintage t-shirt that said, me, 50, I demand a recount, you know what I mean? Uh, let's not forget that you could always find comics there, you know, cheap comics. Somebody's grandmother or grandfather or great uncle would pass away and they'd have a trunk full of West Coast Avengers books. And where else are they going to go? Nowhere. Where are you going? Nowhere. And you put them in the trunk, you take them over to the Goodwill or the thrift store and you sell them. Not to be confused with that time that my family, the trio, the Stevens family, ventured off over the mountain, over the ridge yonder. We didn't hear the HBO theme song, but we did find a thrift store full of sedated weirdos, former kidnappers of the 1980s, and non-maskers. Again with the non-maskers, can we get it together? How many more people I got to die before you put the mask on? Uh, do, do I have to take you to Transylvania myself and make sure you get Count Dracula to suck your blood? Actually, Dracula wouldn't even want to waste his fucking time on you piece of shit non-maskers. You know? Get it together already, people. Jesus Christ. And can we just can we just revamp the, 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 the police force while we're at it? OCP runs the cops, you know? People. I mean, where is where is Murphy? Where are the Robocops? I mean, we're police officers, not plumbers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Look, this rant is not meant to get too heavy. I'm going to try to give you a little brief reprieve from all that outside noise. Because the present sometimes can be a little, uh, you know, a little, uh, you know. But all's good and all's well with your boy here. Your boy's going to be changing moon bases soon. Maybe I wanted to talk about it. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I need to talk about it. Maybe I don't. The family is good. That's all that matters. Your boy here and his hot smoke show of a wife had their second vaccine, so we got double vaccines. And uh, little baby Z, he's looking good. You know, he's he's ready for this whole thing to be over. So I need everybody to wear their masks, and I need the good news on on our front, the shit that we care about. You know, about adamantium claws, vibranium shields, and savage rogues with tight, scantily clad outfits to keep running its course, fluidly. Uh, and to that same end, if you're driving up and down a lonely road, don't worry about Jeepers Creepers. Just think about Batman driving his Batmobile along that same old windy road, and maybe, just maybe, you begin your descent into mystery. 
You don't know? You googs, kids. I don't have any allegiances, you know? I love the DC, I love the Marvel. I'm looking at my guys right now. I got a whole shelf of Batman and DC stuff. I got a whole shelf of X-Men. And then I got a hodgepodge shelf, you know? Well, Terminator's fucking hanging out with Predator. RoboCop's feeling up Batgirl, you know? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Star Wars, well, they're kind of on the outskirts. You know, I got Man Bat right now, right next to an exoskeleton. You know, a T-800 fucking walking right behind Man Bat. Kirk Langstrom himself doesn't even know that a killing machine, a Terminator, a T-800, is creeping up behind him. Maybe one day I'll, you know, before I leave this earth and I shift off my mortal coil, I will be able to see all of that come to fruition in reality. But until that day comes, uh, I'm hyped. I'm hyped that we're going to see a whole new slate of DC shit. You know what I'm saying? They just put this shit out a couple days ago. Sandman, okay, I'm interested. Sweet Tooth, wow, Jeff Lemire, if you don't know, you googs, a post-apocalyptic animal people, what the fuck? Lucifer, try to fuck with it, couldn't, I don't know, kind of appealing. Uh, but HBO Max is dropping the big dick, right? They got the Peacemaker spinoff, I guess we'll find out in August whether or not that's gonna be good or not. Harley Quinn season three, fuck yes. Aquaman, King of Atlantis, animated series. A Strange Adventures, Adam Strange himself, uh, Titan Season 3, super stoked. Doom Patrol Season 3, super stoked. Uh, Bat Wheels, the Batman show for Zephyr, basically, because it's all about cars and vehicles in the Bat universe. So, of course, we're going to be watching that together. Uh, Green Lantern, live action. Been talking about that for quite some time. And a spinoff, uh, a Matt Reeves-directed or created showrun GCPD show. Justice League Dark, take my money. Not to mention DMZ and a few others. And then we move to the movies, right? Barring any fucking other major catastrophes. And maybe if everybody just keeps fucking doing what they're supposed to be doing. The Suicide Squad. Batman from Matt Reeves. Black Adam, a.k.a. Dr. Fate the Movie. <laughs> Aquaman Doskies. Shazam. Helen Mirren coming out to play. A Blue Beetle movie. Wonder Woman 3. A Supergirl movie. Static Shock. It's about time. A Green Lantern Corps movie. Mm. Superman. Zatanna. Zatanna, Zatanna, Zatanna. You had me at the Z, then you got me at the Anna. Plastic Man. I know my boy Z is going to be psyched. Our Man. A Batgirl movie. And a spinoff for Wonder Woman, The Amazons. Don't know how much of this is actually going to stick to the board. I wouldn't be surprised if some of it got tanked even if it was like 90% of it. But it's still all very exciting, right? I like it! And then it's always funny, like some ass clown will like comment on this shit, like Bear underscore zero four. After the Snyder Cut, this list is very underwhelming. Really? After the Snyder Cut? Like the Snyder Cut's like the end all be... These Snyder Cut fans are like, they're fucking frolic at the mouse. I like the fact that they're bringing the lesser known stuff to the forefront. I don't know if all of it's going to stick, like I said, but I'm just excited that DC seems like they're they're shifting away from the Trinity, the Holy Trinity, you know, the Wonder Woman, the Batman, and Superman. And as I said that, I realized they're not at all. They're doing like sequels to all those movies, but you know what I mean? They're, they're not just focusing exclusively on those characters. They're branching out and doing other lesser known guys like the Satana Manus. You know what I'm saying? Like the Satana. Right? It's not necessarily a household name or the Blue Beetles or even the Green Lantern Corps. I mean, how many like how many people just across America right, and the world can just list off the various sectors on the Green Lantern Corps? Not that many. How many people know 
who Abin Sur is. Not many people, unless you really are steeped in that mythology or the Hal Jordan fan club itself. But let's not leave Marvel out, you know? Marvel's fucking kicking shit up again. And again, no allegiances here, no lanterns, no X-Men, uh, and no Savage Land Rogue, for that matter. Because, I mean, we're not going to get it because we're not going to get a Savage Land anytime soon. But Marvel's doing their shit, too. Because I just read the other day a live-action Spider-Man 2099 movie is coming out. And if you don't know, kids, you fucking definitely got a Googs. Because back in the mid to late 90s, when things were kind of reaching their peak... And they were like, well, our characters are kind of getting a little stale. Let's do this version of uh, the Marvel Universe in 2099. Because that's so fucking far away. Like, things will be crazy. It'd be flying cars and Mila Jovovich and Bruce Willis wearing an orange tank top. And uh, Spider-Man was like, it's like his colors were inverted, but he had like the full bodysuit again. This time he kind of had like claws. I already forgot what his, what his alias name was. I want to say he was Hispanic. If I'm wrong, sue me. If I'm not, praise me. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but a live-action Spider-Man 2099, people would line the fuck up to see that. People will line the fuck up to see anything with Spider-Man. Any Spider-Man-ish-esque thing. That's just my... I think he's kind of the equivalent of Batman in the Marvel Universe in the sense that no matter who's on board or who's not on board or who's on first or who's on second or who's underneath or who's taking in the ass or who's sucking cock in a bathroom in the glory hole in Nebraska, they're going to be there because these characters are so accessible and I think they're the MVPs of each universe. I think Spider-Man gets all the boys and the gals. Batman brings all the girls to the yard and his milkshake does taste better. I drink your milkshake, Eli. his milkshake does taste better though for real i'm excited about black widow and yes i will pay the 3500 dollars to see it on the disney plus i'm sorry but i will i'm stoked i'm a scar joe loyalist not in the sense that i've seen all her movies the marriage kind of depressed me my wife and i started it couldn't get into it when things are a little bit too close to home we don't want to watch it not that we were exuding similar problems in our marriage but it's just a little weird when you're watching that kind of performance art people that i've talked to that have suffered through that kind of shit. I said, oh, it's a little too close to home. I can't watch Shameless because it's too close to home. I don't want to watch William H. Macy getting drunk and falling asleep on kitchen floors because guess what? Your hostie and your boysie and your friend here, Mr. Nicky Stevens, when he was out there drinking, he was falling asleep on kitchen floors, waking up and starting all over again from scratch. So yeah, Black Widow. <laughs> I am excited. Yeah, I'm actually really excited for that. I'm also kind of excited for these other like weird tier movies. Like I'm, I'm kind of excited for Morbius whenever we get a chance to see it. Even if I got to wait for it to come on Netflix. Netflix will be the new official streaming home of Sony's feature films beginning in 2022. Can you believe that? And when I first read this, I was like, oh shit, they're going to take over for, they're going to take over in the, in the same regard that uh, Disney Plus became the home for the Marvel movies and the Star Wars stuff. And doing like Premiere Access or like HBO Max was doing the, uh, this is probably a better example, HBO Max doing the same day releasing the releases for, the, for their slate. But then I read closer and I was like, no, they're just going to be the exclusive home once those movies do their theatrical run. So once Morbius comes out in theaters and nobody sees it, <laughs> and it's going to come to Netflix. And we're all going to Netflix and chill, right? And watch some Jared Leto. Am I right, skis? Am I Ritzkies? I'm definitely Ritzkies. 
I guess Uncharted is going to be fun because I like Tom Holland, so why the fuck not? I don't know the game, but people have told me I've heard from sources that it's good for watching and playing. And uh, Into the Spider-Verse 2, who can't wait for that? I definitely can't wait for that. I fucking love the first one, and uh, I almost said, I almost went right into my Tim Roth Reservoir Dogs. I watched, watched the first one. I'm trying to watch The Lost Boys, you know? <laughs> I'll be there, fair and square. Speaking of Spider-Man. I just wanted to share this with you, Comic-Cons, because I came across this. Every now and then, you, you put the internet on. You put it on? Like, you turn, you turn it on? Every now and then, you turn the internet on. The hamsters and the wheels, they turn. The lights, the power, they come up. Lionel says, Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. Coming in my pants. No, uh, <laughs> Sam Raimi, the original director of the Spider-Man trilogy. Uh, I guess on, it was on Twitter. I think it was on Twitter. Somebody asked him, like a fan asked him, like, can you please explain why you made Spider the Spider-Man trilogy one of my favorite trilogies of all time? Like a cute little, uh, he was being coy, like, hey, why'd you make this awesome thing that I love so much? Can I put your balls in Vaseline and then put them in my mouth? Sam Raimi responded in the most class act of ways for any fanboy wanting his attention. He says, I directed the first Spider-Man film because I was such a huge fan of Stanley's brilliant character. Peter Parker and Spider-Man were an important part of my teenage years. I thought it was very moving how much he sacrificed for others, how hard he worked to protect innocent people, and all the while had to take care of his Aunt May and do his homework to boot. His self-sacrifice resonated with me. He was truly a good person. We can identify with characters in in a comprehensible story. Stories of heroes like Peter Parker remind us of what we are capable of. Maybe you're one of those people, talking to the fan who asked him the question, that like to be reminded of the good you are capable of. Now get out there and do something about it. How inspiring is that? That's some good shit. You know, we there's so much shit out there that's just, ugh, bleak. Oh, I don't know. You start biting your nails, the David Bowie music comes in, and you're like, oh my God, I'm in danger, you know? And and you're just waiting. You're like, you're kind of floating in limbo because you're like, oh my God, I got, I got bills to pay. Somebody's sick. I heard somebody died. I know somebody that lost somebody. And it's just, it's all kind of creeping in sometimes. And you got to remember there's good out there too, you know? There still is good out there. You know, the people of Gotham are worth saving, you know? So anyway, I just wanted to share because it's, you know, you googs. I'm just saying, you kids out there taking all this shit seriously, like especially the shit about the Snyderverse and fucking a friend of mine or somebody had posted something like stop the Asian hate violence or whatever or stop the Asian hate, you know, hashtag stop the Asian hate crimes or whatever. And somebody just posted like in the comments like, Hashtag restore the Snyderverse. Like, these people are just fucking crazy and idiots. These non-maskers and the Snyderverse people, I feel like they're all kind of the same. No? (laughs) I don't know. I just feel like you get so religious about something to the point where it becomes your whole thing. I don't know. Just don't take it too seriously. You know what I'm saying? Just be more like Sam Raimi with this shit. If you're going to do a thing, be creative, but be inspiring and then inspire others to do things, you know? Just like this podcast is inspiring others to start their podcast by ranting about nonsense. (laughs) (sighs) I just remember like hyping shit up, right? Like for the longest time, hyping the shit up that I liked, but then shitting on everything else that I didn't like. And I want to try my best not to be that guy. You know what I mean? I either don't know anything about it, so I won't talk about it. And if I don't like something, I'll try to shit on it like in a funny way, you know? Hence the seven beautiful ratings on this show where we just have layers of positivity, you know? Because you can have a solitary good moment in a cell 
where somebody slides a copy of Dick Tracy under the door and you're going to fucking watch that shit. And I don't think that movie's solitary good. But somebody else out there, in fact, a lot of friends of mine probably do think it is. Some friends of mine would probably burn the copy, the only last copy on this earth so that nobody would ever have to watch it again. But I've actually enjoyed Warren Beatty's directorial and acting efforts in said movie. Uh, and the whole cast was great. You know, if you don't know your gooks. But I've also been that guy before where I would just shit on something that was just doing really well because it was doing so well and super popular. You know, I remember when Bridesmaids, back in the day, was making all this fucking headway and there, were there was talk about Oscar buzz and I hadn't even like seen it, right? But I'd seen like clips of it and I was just shitting on it, right? And I was texting my sister, we're going back and forth. And my sister being like just who she was, just an awesome person, God rest her soul, she just checked me, you know? At some point in the texting conversation, she was like, Jesus Christ, what did bridesmaids do to you? Did it, did it take you in the back of a shed and rape you for hours and hours? And I was like floored. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck bridesmaids. And then I finally watched it and it was funny, you know? Um, I get why people, a lot of people like a thing that's good. Now granted, I also get why people like horrible things like reality TV because it's like watching a fucking car accident, you know? I don't think people are really enthralled with the charisma of the two-ton sisters, you know? <laughs> as much as they're just watching two-ton people be sick and gross. And so they're just watching it, you know? All the while, people in Iran are, are just coming up with yet another reason why they should bomb the fuck out of us. Or take us out with another virus. Um, I don't even know who listens to this show. That's not true. I know. We got a little cult, and we got some letters, kids. Okay, we got letters. We got letters. We got letters, 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 letters. At Arkham Bat. Uh, that's a cool name. I like that, buddy. What other podcast do you listen to? Hmm. Thank you for the question. That's a great question. Um, I listen to Comic-Con's podcast exclusively. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, uh, I listen to Mouthy Broadcast, which is a podcast with my friends Lauren and Jenny. Uh, and it's a funny show. They're friends, and they, they just, there's no real theme. They just kind of talk about shit that's in, going on in their lives each week. Sometimes it's a show they're watching. Most of the time, it's just something that happened to them that kind of evolves into some kind of story that segues into something that's kind of gnarly and gross and disturbing but also funny and then there's some deep parts too where they get real deep with each other and they could talk about their own pathos and pathos and i don't know how to pronounce that word um but uh it's good it's basically your human condition podcast where they're just talking about being alive and doing shit uh and that's my kind of that's my first shot of estrogen for the week which is good because it's not all like it's not all My Little Pony. It's like My Little Pony with a couple of cunts, you know? And they're not the cunts. I'm saying they use the word cunt, you know? That probably came up. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, but no, yeah, Lauren and Jenny have a great podcast, Mouthy Broadcast. You should check that out. Check it out. Uh, also, I listen to Tiger Belly with Bobby Lee. It's good stuff. He's a comedian, and he's in recovery like me, so that's kind of cool. And he has fun guests. Uh, let's see. Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson because you got to get your dose of black hole knowledge every now and then. You need to know that the universe is expanding and you need to know that some stars out there have died millions of years ago, but we can still see them now. 
what else? What else? What else do I listen to podcasts? Oh, Kevin Smith, of course. That's a given. The Fat Man Beyondskis. I also really like Smartless. I really like Smartless. That's Jason Bateman, Sean, forgot his name, and Will Arnett. <laughs> no, Sean Hayes. Sean Hayes and Will Arnett. So, yeah, and they, they just riff and they have guests and it's good. It's good times all around. They're available on all podcast platforms. And uh, yeah, so you should check those out. At Stu's Garden. Stu's Garden? At Stu's Garden. Uh, thoughts on Restore the Snyderverse? Look, I already told you guys. Don't waste my motherfucking time! Look, the more I think about it, I've only watched that Snyderverse cut one time, maybe one and a half times. I hyped it up, I hyped it up, I hyped, 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 hyped it up like some ham and cheese Hot Pockets on a Sunday afternoon. And then it came out and I was like, all right, I came. And I didn't even come. It was like the slow jerk where like it just kind of drizzles out towards the end. And by the time you finish, it's like the, you know, you're not even full hard. You're just like, all right, this dick has got to go, 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 go. Like Catherine Hepburn's neck. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace. So I don't know. I appreciate the question. And I actually, in your defense, Stu's Garden, you asked this a while ago, but you know, I like to consolidate all my questions. So he had asked me like, you know, at the wake of all this. I just think the fans are being a little too crazy. Like, just let it be a thing. Like, pat yourself on the back for, for bringing the Snyderverse to life or the Snyder cut to life and just let it be a thing now. You know what I'm saying? If we can get that kind of passion behind another X-Men movie with the Savage Land and a Savage Land rogue, then I'll take all my fucking disdain and put it in a briefcase and mail it. Mail it back to Peru. At Turok89. Hey, Turok. We just did uh, his last topic. MCU X-Men movie gets greenlit. And who are your X-Men? What story would you adapt? Well, obviously the Savage Land. <laughs> you know, I would, I would like to see Genosha. I would like to see the whole uh, Extinction Agenda thing adapted from the 90s. Straight 90s. Straight 90s with the 90s lineup. We don't even need their origin stories. Just start off with the team. We can maybe do some flashbacks. And we send those motherfuckers to Genosha where it's portrayed like a paradise for mutants who are, who are facing exile or hatred from other humans, and yet it turns out to be in an internment camp in a prison, and they have, they have to wear the metal collars that, that dampen their powers, you know what I'm saying? And we get that first kiss with Rogue and Gambit, you know, right before they're gonna fuck because her powers have been dampened. She's not gonna suck the jizz, I mean the life out of him, by stealing his life force. Those are my X-Men, yeah, I'd do, I would do Rogue, Gambit, Jubilee, Wolverine, Psylocke, I'd even have Forge in the mix. I'm looking right at him, by the way. Uh, throw some Sunspot in there for good measure. Even use the Sunspot they use in New Mutants. You can, you can just reuse them. And of course, bring, bring magic into the fold with Anya Taylor-Joy. Gots to. Let's throw Mystique in there as well. Uh, if we want to be cute, we can throw Blink in it, even though she doesn't show up till much later. But yeah, I want my 90s X-Men with, with some honorable mentions. But get creative with it. You know, it's an adaptation. It's based on Marvel Comics, okay, kids? It doesn't need to be pulled straight from the book. We gotta have Storm, by the way. Uh, you got to, got to, got to, got to, got to, got to need some Storm. You know what I'm saying? You need the Storm. Do you need the Aurora? Charles. Oh, X-Men Last Stand. That Kelsey Grammer is that beast. When he sees Holly Berry coming in the mansion. Aurora! You know? And then he says, Charles! <laughs> that really is just like that Michael Park scene where he plays that Argentinian pimp, you know? I think he's Argentinian. He's something. And he goes, Clara! The pussy can't die. 
Michael Parks, God rest his soul, he would have been perfect in an X-Men movie. I don't even know who he would have played, but yeah. Thank you for that question, Turok. That's a solid one. That's a solid one. If you want to know anything about the Monomoto's X-Men movies and how he would do an X-Men movie, go back a couple episodes to our best franchises episode and uh, we map it out. We map it out. He maps it out. I'm salivating and coming simultaneously. At Dylan Barabino. I love your show. Hey, thanks, man. Especially ones with the Monomoto. Of course. Why don't you guys do a sexiest DC versus Marvel show? Now that, my friend, is a great idea for a show because anybody that knows anything about anyone, such as this show, uh, they know that the Monomoto and I like to talk about the costumes and who has the sexiest one. Sometimes you're scrolling through your phone on your Instagram and you see that storm. And it just brings something out of you. Like a woman's ass in the movie Heat when Al Pacino screams at Hank Azaria. That's a great idea. I think we should table that. We might have to put a pin in that and see where it takes us. What are we really talking about here? Huh? What's the essence of what we're talking about? I'll spell it out for you if I have to. Prostitution. Hmm? What, what is, kidding exactly? what is this? Prostitution. Hey, we can say it. We're big kids now, right? You know, a lot of times it'll help you to understand a word if you break it down. So let's do that now, shall we? Pros doesn't mean anything. Forget about that. Tit, I think we all know what that means. Two, okay, two, tit. And shun, of course, from the um, Latin to shun. To say no, uh-uh, thank you anyway, I don't want it. To push away. Doesn't even belong in this word, really. So let's get rid of that. You know, um, if I can take a moment here, uh, and I mean this, what I'm about to say, I feel a lot of love in this room. I don't know, maybe it's me, but I'll tell you something, I was here a minute ago, and uh, it's really beautiful. So at this moment, I think it's important that I see all of your breasts. I don't have to. I don't see the And sometimes you got to take the road on the show or the show on the road and see where it takes you because it might take you places you never even thought you'd be willing to go. Like moving your podcast from the gay garage into the sunroom. Do you hear those birds? Those are real live birds. Uh, we're not. There's, there's no CGI. There's no special effects. It's all real, people. It's DIY, baby. I watched the movie Nobody uh, the other day, um, and it was pretty fucking good, man. It's a uh, it's John Wick all over again, but but with a dad, you know. Uh, I think it was actually written by one of the guys that, or the guy that wrote. I don't know the name of that guy. I'm sorry, uh, but it was well done. Bob Odekirk, you know, I'll pretty much watch him in anything he's done. Um, not only did I pay the $20 to rent this son of a bitch, I would probably cough up another 20 to buy this motherfucker. It was that good. Um, and I know, I know, some of you guys out there are fire sticking and periscoping and porn hubbing. But listen, kids, I like to spend my dollar for the medium, all right? Okay? Yes, somebody's watching me. Maybe more on that in a little bit, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. 
but I like to spend the dollar for the goods. You know what I'm saying? And uh, sometimes you wanna you wanna buy something. You wanna own something. You wanna own a piece of something. You know what I mean? Oh, gross! Not a smushed worm. I see it, bud. So yeah, I liked it, man. It's action-packed. It's funny. It, Bob Odenkirk kills it. He delivers. Uh, I kind of wish they gave Connie Nielsen just a little bit more to do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, after all, she was not in Starship Troopers. That was Dina Meyer. But she was in Devil's Advocate. We loved her as Wonder Woman's mom. We love seeing her take her top off. Boop. We love seeing her do whatever it takes to stay sexy and be strong and fierce. And I felt like she could have been a little bit more fierce in this one. Uh, it was great seeing Christopher Lloyd, though. I mean, I think I'm 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 ninety percent sure he's approached full senility, 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 whatever the verb transaction on that on that senile state of mind is. Yeah, I don't know. Uh it's it's good. It's worth a watch. I recommend it. I recommend it as it's home video good. It's home video good. Uh I also watched The Nevers, the new Joss Whedon show on the HBO Max, although you'd be hard pressed to to discover that it even was a Joss Whedon project because they didn't even promote this thing with his name on it, you know? I mean, I guess he fucked up so bad at Warner Brothers by pissing off all the wrong people, including Ray Fisher. Like, you would think they would promote a, a new show from Joss Whedon as the guy who did Buffy, the guy who directed Avengers, and, like, nothing. Like, there's no, like, none of that. But I watched the first episode. It's ambitious, man. The first episode is pretty ambitious. Uh, it's like Victorian style setting, but with superpowers. I don't even know if that's really Victorian. I, I keep telling that to people, but I think that's wrong. It's in the 1800s. Um, but I think I just like saying Victorian, you know? Because I picture like small Victorian boys at my bed, at the foot of my bed with sullen eyes telling me, We were the ones that did it. We were the ones. Oh, follow us into the cold, deep, dark abyss. So I don't know a strong female cast this mysterious craft is flying through the atmosphere in london in the 1800s like i said and gives these people unbelievable gifts and they're referred to by everybody else in the town as touched and nobody else even if those people have since left the town nobody else in the town since the incident has received the powers and this and the main character uh one of the ladies who runs an orphanage for uh, uh for the gifted eh, eh, school of the gifted huh uh, is pretty much like a like an Xavier, you know, bringing in the new superpower people. Um, but because of the time setting and where it is, a lot of people are being ostracized like freaks. You know, hey, X-Men again. So it has that going for it, but it's almost, it, it might almost be a little too highbrow for its own good, I think. It's like, it try, it's trying to dress itself up into something that maybe doesn't need to be as dressed up. I feel like I'm watching a CW show with an HBO guys over it, like there's some tits that don't even need to be there. Like, and I'm not one to turn down gratuitous nudity, but it feels kind of like, all right, we know it's HBO, so let's let's make it kind of gritty, but we know that this show really technically belongs on like Fox or C Dubs, you know. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I might stick with it. I might not. I recommend checking it out, especially if you got the Max already. And like I said at the top of the show, there's actually a lot of shit coming our way. And I, and I can't wait to see all the different projects that HBO Max is going to give us. Uh, stick with half of their projects they, they're talking about on their slate or on their agenda. But I say it's worth a watch. It's probably worth checking out, you know. Um, Nick Frost shows up and he's always fun. I don't really know anybody else in the show, I'll be honest. A lot of Brits. Lots and lots of Brits. 
Not, not that there's anything wrong with that. Just saying. I, for some reason, I just don't track the Brits as strongly as I think I might. Except for like Michael Caine. Are there really that many Brits I track? I don't really think there are. I feel like I track a lot of Aussies. Like Guy Pearce, Russell Crowe, Hugh Jackman, you know, Nicole Kidman, you know, maybe even some Zealanders, you know, Simon Neal, Neil Simon, no, that's not Neil Simon, Neil Adams, no, what the hell is his name, Sam Neal, there you go, this is not reality, Taika Watitsky's also watching Invincible, it's still pretty fucking gnarly, if you haven't checked it out, you googs, it's on the Amazon Primes, and of course, we can't, I can't finish the show without mentioning just a little bit about Bucky and the Falcone. God damn, this show is good. If you're not watching already, kids, you need to fucking watch. People that I know that have never even cracked a comic book are watching this show because it's that fucking good, all right? I'll admit, I was not as hyped, and I've said this before, I was not that hyped to begin with. When I first saw that trailer months ago, I was like, eh, all right, but I'm hooked, man. Like, I really love Bucky and Falcon's relationship. And yes, I could watch an entire show built on the premise of Bucky and Falcon working on a boat. Just fixing up boats. Okay? Bucky and Falcon, boat improvement, boat renovation, whatever it is. I could just watch an entire show of that. Maybe toss in a little bit of Sarah so Bucky can flirt with her and piss off Falcon or Sam. The sisters love Bucky. The Dora Milaje loved Bucky, especially that one, that main one, that lead one. She gives him the eyes, she gave him the eyes, she's giving it to him again. He's giving her the eyes. He loves giving her the eyes back. God, it's such a it's such a wonderful show, dude. I love seeing their relationship evolve and grow. I love the Isaiah Bradley storyline where where we do a deep dive into the human condition on what it really means to give the shield to a black man, to have a black Captain America in today's society, you know? And I love that line where Falcon confronts Isaiah Bradley. This is all spoilers, by the way. You googs, kids, if you haven't already. Uh, where he confronts Isaiah Bradley, and, and he wants to know the deal. He wants to know why this, this black super soldier was locked away for so long, and why he's so bitter. And Isaiah just come, comes right back at him and says, if you're not bitter, you're blind, man. You think, you think shit's really changed? You know? And we all know from just watching the news and waking up every day and going through our phone, there's a lot of shit out there that has not changed that needs to be changed. You know, and it's it's not overwrought. It doesn't cram it down your neck. It's just it's just there. It's enough that it has a presence, but it's not it's not preachy. You know, the flag smasher thing is getting a little tired. I feel like I don't really care about them. I kind of came for the bromance and Zemo, and I'm kind of staying so I can see Falcon and Bucky destroy Walker, aka the fake Captain America, aka the U.S. agent soon to be perhaps. But that Wyatt Russell man. Not only do I fucking love Kurt Russell, but his son, Wyatt, is doing a bang-up job. Bang-up job. The tone alone. And I'm not even talking about his fall from grace. Just his performance altogether. He's just a crumbled man. He, he's, he's a broken man. You know? This show really is about people that are broken, that have, that have experienced hardship, that have experienced pain and trauma, and how these same people put themselves back together again. All the while, there's a vibranium shield being tossed around and uh, shit's happening. <laughs> shit's popping off. And Contessa, okay? Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Elaine herself with a surprise cameo playing the Contessa. 
Val Argonasi, Agamotto, whatever the hell her last name was. All I know is she was in some old, old, old Jim Steranko comics I have, some Nick Fury comics, an old flame. Maybe they hooked up a couple times. Maybe they didn't. She went on some S.H.I.E.L.D. missions. Then I heard she went to HYDRA. So if they explore that, I'm fucking in. If we get one fucking scene, just one, of Nick Fury and Contessa having some sexual tension. Anybody that's anybody knows it. I fucking love some sexual tension. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, for my money, I don't know which, which batch of sexual tension turns me on more. Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle? Or Pam Greer's shemale character and Snake Plissken from Escape from L.A. If you don't know, you googs, kids. Uh, but that's pretty much all I got tonight, kids, okay? Or today. Or tonight, whenever. I'm recording this in the middle of the day, towards the end of the day. But when this does go out, uh, I hope that wherever you are listening to this, that this gave you some small pleasure from hearing me go on and on about shit that uh, we think matters right we love we love talking about this shit because it's the shit we love and uh thank you all for all the all the kamikazes that wrote to the show wrote into the show oh and by the way i will have a special announcement here shortly in the next couple of weeks because your boy he's going to be giving you a new podcast babies a brand new spanking podcast that's right your boy is going to be doing two podcasts at one skis more on that coming soon cocktease for you see that you like that cocktease i'm closing the show and all of a sudden i'm like nope just kidding it's not all just fiction there's a new podcast coming maybe it'll be about music maybe it'll be maybe it'll be about friendship you'll have to keep listening and tune in right here where you tune in for this one and i'll give you the deets i'll give you the scooge i'll give you the sketch i'll give you the regs i don't even know what that means but i love a good cocktease just like that Sam Wilson cocktease opening that fucking briefcase at the end of episode five of Falcon Winter Soldier. And all we got was his surprise face a la John Travolta in Pulp Fiction when he opens the case. And, and Sam Jackson says, are we good? Vincent, are we good? Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. Goddamn right we're good. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. And remember, at the end of the day, you know what it is. It's just... Fiction. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Comic-Con, a geek podcast for the rest of us. A geek podcast for the rest of us. Comic-Con, a geek podcast. too seriously. It's just fiction.